Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. Welcome back to Coast to Coast with Johnny Enoch, the clinical hypnotherapist, but he's much more than that. He's a researcher. He's an investigator. And if you had to coin yourself, John, what would you say your favorite subject matter is in the paranormal end? I love it all. You know, I love the esoteric side of when people talk about the multidimensional realities that are all around us and their inhabitants. Uh, I love the aspects of the extraterrestrials and looking deeper in the mind. But the same thing can be said about you, George. Not only are you the king of late night radio, but you're also an esoteric expert yourself. You fall into all the paranormal categories. I started when I was 11 years old, Johnny. I love it. A long time ago. I had an out-of-body experience then, and uh, it just, I was obsessed with it. I, I needed to know what, what was happening to me. What was this? And then uh, my, my mother helped things along by uh, giving me books on UFOs and ETs, and I just couldn't stop. That's amazing. And, and it just, the rabbit hole keeps getting weirder and deeper the further you go down it. Never stops. Absolutely. Absolutely. Let's talk about some of these multidimensional entities and realities as well. What are your thoughts, first of all, about the possibility of life after death? Are you a believer in that? I, I definitely believe in life after death. I've spent a lot of time talking to people in hospices and people that have come up to me telling me about their near-death experience stories. My favorite NDE of all time, of course, being Daniel's story. But, you know, here's the thing. We now have a very clear science for how near-death experiences are possible. The skeptics used to tell us, oh, it's just a lack of oxygen to the brain called epoxia that's creating these temporary hallucinations. Well, we know that's nonsense because uh, hallucinations go away very quickly. And, you know, when you have these profound near-death experiences, uh, such as the uh, neurologist there, even Alexander had, you know, here's a guy with a, an incredible background at looking at the brain and the human body. He comes out of his experience and says, you know, hey, I was wrong before. There really is something here. Well, now we have something called quantum consciousness theory or orc or that came from Sir Roger Penrose and Stuart Hameroff over at the uh, University of uh, Tucson there in Arizona. And these guys have actually mapped out how our consciousness is held together, how it sits in the brain with these little things called microtubules that act like a cockpit. So it's so exciting. It's a great time to be alive when we can actually prove the existence of uh, after the afterlife and near-death experiences. And, and one of the things you can also say about this is because it exists, because I don't think any of us can testify as to how we're here or why we're here. And if you can't explain life, and I'm talking about, let's take the religious connotations out of it. If you can't explain life, how can you explain death? Exactly, George. You said it perfectly. And, you know, it was Victor Hugo who once said, the thirst for the infinite proves the infinite. So I think that when we look at this, uh, life, you know, it's, it's, it's a mechanism to help us grow and evolve. But, you know, if we can't look at life with all the answers, we most certainly don't know what's on the other side of it, for sure. Though I don't want to dwell on it, let's talk about the dark side for just a moment as well, because I'm a staunch believer that when you have good, you have bad. When you have uh, uh, things like that, it, it's there. What are your thoughts about evil? 
Well, we have a lot of folks that are out in the paranormal world that are that are talking about different spirit entities. And a lot of the times out there, they'll say that they encounter what we call demons. And our religions have, you know, named them different things, even called them jinn. And some of the Middle Eastern parts of the world I've uh, traveled to, they've talked about this. And uh, every culture has their their name for these uh, creatures. The Gnostics called them the Archons. Rudolf Steiner, he called them, uh, you know, these these sort of beings that would that would feed off of us. He had names for them too that they were feeding off of our uh, uh, negative energies and emotions that he called louche. So what I think we've done is we've mislabeled. Uh, these sort of multidimensional intelligences that are very, very ancient, that not only exist out in our universe, uh, but they also exist all around us. You know, there, there's a, a really great show on TV that's called the, the Dead Files. And what I like about that is there's a medium on there. Her name is Amy Allen, and she has a wonderful explanation about what these entities sometimes are. Sometimes she says the entities that are in these haunted houses that are terrorizing people or are causing problems, that some of them are actually extraterrestrial types of entities. And, and George, not to go off subject, you know, off topic too much, but I don't know if you've read this recently in the news, but we're experimenting right now with injecting nanoparticles into the eyes of rats so that they can have night vision. And you might be surprised to learn that we're moving into the areas of doing that so that the human eye can perceive things in infrared and now we're going to be seeing other types of intelligences and entities all around us that are observing us. What if we see shadow people and we see, uh, the, the, what if we can see the dead? I most certainly think that we're getting to that point within the, the evolution of human consciousness. It's not too far off. And I've, I've definitely had a lot of reports of people that have seen shadow people. I've, I've even seen them myself. And, you know, it's, it's very interesting because some of our ancient legends, uh, this, this, is, this is kind of strange. It goes out there into some of these strange ancient legends that we have, that there are certain people that have figured out how to kind of find a sort of immortality and transform their body so they could come into our world as a shadow being. So could these shadow beings that people have been seeing, could they be uh, the veils thinning of a another type of uh, uh, interdimensional being visiting us and observing us. Well, it could be. Now, what's your concept of hell? Was it created by religions, or is there something really dark about this place? Well, we know that the concept of hell that we get from the churches, uh, you know, we get that from the Divine Comedy, and, you know, uh, from from Virgil. Uh, and, you know, the, the older concepts of hell that we get from the Buddhists is more of a state of mind uh, that, that we're in. But I personally don't believe hell exists. Uh, you know, uh, my take on it is, is that there there is a place that we would call heaven. Uh, and it's very interesting on some of the guys I've talked to, like uh, Garnet Schulhauser out here uh, in uh, on Vancouver Island, where, near where I am. Here's a guy that was a corporate lawyer uh, of 34 years, that wasn't a believer in any of these subjects that you and I are talking about. And at one point of his life, he starts, you know, having these profound out-of-body experiences, and he's taken out of the body and shown other places of existence out in the universe. And what he was told is that when you go out of the body, when you die, that we have different types of heavens. He said the heaven above the earth that we have here 
uh, is sort of dressed up in other different time periods of humans on Earth. And he said it was called the Glea. He said the Beatles and others are performing concerts over there. He said it has all kinds of architecture from various points of our history on Earth. But he told me something very interesting that intrigued me. He said that every one of these other planets in our universe has their own type of heaven that's catered for their type of people and civilizations. But he said all the heavens are kind of connected. So if there's no hell, thank goodness at least there's a heaven to go to. Yep, absolutely. But the creation of this so-called hell by modern religions, do you think that was done to try to just keep people in line? Yes, uh, uh, of course. You know, that's that's the idea. A lot of these death cults that have been there for a long time, they always had sort of a, a mechanism in there to, to keep you coming back. So, you know, uh, I'm a believer from the work I've done with clinical hypnotherapy that we have had past lives. Do I believe that you're going to be punished and you're going to have this uh, process of coming back as a housefly, you know, if you if you fire, or fire and brimstone or whatever. <laughs> yes, exactly. So that's that's the thing. Uh, I agree with you. Of everything, Johnny, you've investigated in this field, of everything, what has fascinated you the most? You know, I would have to say the subject of extraterrestrials continues to fascinate me, and it just goes deeper into showing us who we are uh, and how magnificent we are. Uh, I'm just amazed because uh, you start to notice it all around us that, I mean, the the fact that we ourselves, we have a uh, hundred trillion atoms in our body, or a hundred trillion cells in our body, there's a hundred trillion atoms in a cell and a hundred trillion cells in an atom. Uh, we're made of mostly mostly blank spaces. So, you know, if you take all the humans on Earth, eight billion of them, you know, you could literally fit them on the end of your pinky finger. So here we have these vastly intelligent beings coming to visit us and examining us uh, that we're a part of. And, you know, I think at some level we're all connected. Give us some more cases of your hypnotherapy work with people who claim to have been aboard alien ships. Oh, man. You know, there's some of the cases that are kind of interesting to me is when people recount that they were visited as kids. And so uh, I've heard uh, stories that are kind of chilling where they remember even when they were in the crib that these gray extraterrestrials with the dolphin-like smooth gray skin, hairless heads, teardrop eyes are coming into the room with them silently and moving around them. And they're, it's chilling as they're describing this encounter as it's going on and what's going through their minds and being brought up on the ship or where they're going out in space. I love that when they're talking about looking out the windows uh, of these ships and what they're seeing. Uh, and it really, as, as they're sitting there, I, I'm sitting on the edge of my seat. It's, it's absolutely intense and riveting. So you think these episodes happen to these people? You know, the one thing is, is that I, I always keep an open mind. Uh, you know, I, I try to be as rational as possible and, and look at the facts of, as, as they come in. But in many of the cases, these folks, uh, you know, they have come to me because there's a, an experience or a memory or something that has shocked them at the core. But for the most part, I'll tell you, even if they started off being sort of traumatized by the experience, when they really examine it and they look at the great gift that's been given to them, it's a beautiful experience. And, you know, George, the one thing that I've discovered that is sort of a pattern with ET contactees is that it's not so much that it's a genetic agreement with these people. 
A lot of folks believe that they're, the ETs are only after a certain type of person or a certain bloodline right. or something like that. Right. From what I've seen, it is, it's like um, they have an agreement on a higher self level. It's like an oversoul, maybe something they agreed before they got here. They, they agreed that they wanted to be taken by these beings. And after they come back to that realization, they're okay with it. And they just let go of the fear. Johnny Enoch with us. We'll take calls next hour with Johnny. All kinds of paranormal questions from you. You're a believer in reincarnation, aren't you? I definitely am. Tell me why. Okay, well, you know, here's the thing, George. Um, we've all had that experience before where there's a, a certain kind of food that we don't want to eat. Uh, or, you know, like maybe there's a, a, a certain type of um, music or culture that we have an affinity for, a place in the world we've always wanted to visit. Or maybe there's a place in the world where you, you don't want to visit, you just don't want to go near. And I think these are little clues in our personality when we get here that, you know, we've been here before. We've done this stuff before. And, you know, uh, from what I've seen in the work I've done, you know, I have no doubt in my mind whatsoever that we have these uh, past life memories and experiences. We come here to get it right. And a, a lot of times, you know, most of us, George, will say, you know, this this life can be kind of hard. You know, we've all had that kind of boss that we didn't care for too much and that one neighbor that flips us off or, you know, maybe we, we get disappointed or tired in life once in a while. Uh, but, you know, at the end of the day, we chose to, we chose to be here. And you might say to yourself, man, I would never come back here again. But we do, uh, because uh, the earth is a school. It's, a, it's an interesting and wonderful place to come to. So that, that sort of made me a believer along the way. Why does it seem, Johnny, that we have to work at it and science doesn't back it up? Well, this is the thing. There, we do have some science to back this up. There's a, a wonderful doctor scientist. Uh, his name is Dr. Jim Tucker over at the University of Virginia. And he has documented you know, countless cases of children that have past life memories where they can actually recall, you know, where they were born, uh, who they used to be married to, if someone did them wrong, or where that came from. And the children seem to have the freshest memories of these things. And there's, there's certain reasons for that. Because when you're, when you're very small, you're actually, your brain waves are operating differently. Uh, you know what, you know, at night when we're sleeping and we have you know, we go into a, a deep sleep. It, we're in a delta brainwave state. Uh, well, children about zero to five are automatically in that deep state. So that's where they do most of their learning and pick up most of their fears and habits throughout life. Uh, and then when we get older, you know, we, we start to move up, you know, from five to where we're about a, uh, getting into our teenage years. We're in a theta brainwave state. Uh, and then, you know, we start moving up. Uh, into our alphas, and as you and I are talking right now, we're in beta, where our brainwaves are oscillating higher. Well, children have this uh, this brainwave state that they're in, where they're still accessing these deeper layers of the mind, and it's amazing the stuff that they have coming out. So I think there's so much evidence there that it's overwhelming that these past lives exist. You think if there were a poll done, most people would believe in all of this? I think we're getting there. Uh, you know, we're most certainly in the day and age now when we, we were overwhelmed with information. We have so many great, uh, you know, shows out there, uh, you know, like shows that you've been on that are airing on, on TV. We have 
coast to coast. It's educating people and opening up minds. We we have people that are just pouring through volumes of books and information now. So I, I think it, I would be very shocked, you know, to find people that are in the skeptical category these days. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.